The Cincinnati Bengals were looking for their first win in the AFC North, and Mason Rudolph certainly gives them that opportunity. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. The Cincinnati Bengals take on the Pittsburgh Steelers for the second time this season. And spoiler alert, I still don't think the Steelers are very good. We'll get into the matchups and what we're expecting from this game. And this episode brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match. Up to $100 and welcome into all of the everydayers and everyone who makes us their first listen. We appreciate every single one of you in either of those clubs. And James, let's get into the matchups in this game. Could be another defensive dominated game like we thought we were maybe going to get against the Vikings where turnovers really were a big deal. But you look at the Steelers team, and I, I really don't think they're very good. No, I, I agree with you. I think... That was my main takeaway from that 16 to 10 loss that the Bengals had on November 26th and Jake Browning's first start is, and maybe not right away in that moment, but you go back and you watch and it's just like the Steelers, they should have won this game by a lot and they didn't. So of the three games remaining, even though it's on the road and I think all three are tough, I think this is the most winnable, especially you mentioned it. As long as Mason Rudolph is Mason Rudolph and not, you know, guiding Santa Slay, I think the Bengals should be able to get after him and, and should be able to make him uncomfortable. The key to this whole thing, as far as slowing down Mason Rudolph and this defense surviving and without DJ Reader, it's the run game. Mm-hmm. I think the Steelers are going to run it like 57,000 times on Saturday. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's 56,999, but it's going to be a lot. And whether it was talking with Mike Hilton, There was talking to other players in the locker room after obviously Hilton knows the Steelers well played for Mike Tomlin. He said, Oh, Mike was going to run the ball a ton. Anyways, you know, he's going to run it now with DJ reader out. So I wouldn't be shocked if we see them run the ball 40 times, if it works 45, like I think they could really lean into the run game uh, in that Steelers offense, try to take pressure off of Mason Rudolph and and try to beat up a, a defensive front for Cincinnati. That is obviously without their best run stopper. Yeah, and we talked earlier this week about what the Bengals are going to do differently from a schematic perspective and how they've adjusted their approach to run defense without DJ Reader. They're not playing gap and a half, slow playing it on the defensive side of the ball. They're shooting gaps, playing a little bit more aggressively with the guys they have just because it fits their personnel a little bit better. The Steelers' offensive line is also more suited to run blocking than pass blocking, especially when you look at guys like uh, Dan Moore, and Mason Cole, a, a couple of players that have really struggled in pass protection throughout this year, at least if you trust, you know, PFF stats. Or I feel like we're always talking about Trey Hendrickson's opportunity to beat up Dan Moore. Maybe that's just like a last four Steelers games kind of thing. But that opportunity is there again if the Bengals can get the Steelers to be one dimensional, if they can deal with Jalen Warren, if they can deal with a running game. 
and, and they did it a couple weeks ago, and then they lost DJ Reader, and now it's all kind of back in doubt for me. And they'll have to find ways to mix their personnel. They added a big body that we can we can make sure we, we give some information there, James. But they're going to need guys to step up in run D because if you can't force Mason Rudolph to beat you, this should honestly be another drop-off from the previous backup playing in Pittsburgh. Not that any of their quarterbacks are good, but there's a reason that it took Mason Rudolph so long to get onto the field. He's never been particularly good in his NFL career. If I'm the Bengals defense, I'm trying to make Mason Rudolph beat you. And that's an yep. easier said than done task. No doubt, because the Steelers want to do the exact opposite and make life easy on, on him. And that's probably where this game is decided. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about the offense against the Steelers' defense coming up as well. But if, if you can get off the field, and to me, getting off the field means forcing Mason Rudolph to throw it on third and long and, and stopping the run. And, and that does come down. Mike Hilton's a big part of that, by the way. I just mentioned him. He may have 12 tackles this week. Like they, they're going to need him to, to come up in the run game and, and make a difference. And obviously, it's going to be a bunch of different guys in there. We'll see who they elevate from the practice squad. And maybe it's Dominique Davis. I, I don't think Travis Bell will be active. You mentioned the, the guy they added, the, the rookie. I think he'll be active this quick. Maybe. He's athletic, though. You look at his yes. relative athletic score. I, I like it. Like I like the idea of, of adding him. It might be too quick to, to flip on a short week on a Saturday game for him to play, but we'll see. I do think, though, that it, it really does come down to that because Mason Rudolph doesn't scare you. That doesn't mean that he can't make accurate throws, but I think if you take away the run, he has nothing to lean on, and it makes it much harder. It's not like the play action will work. It's not like he'll be able to push the ball deep downfield and spread the Bengals out. Like that's not something they're going to want to do. And so that's, that's where I, I keep coming back to. So Josh Tupo contract year time to show up and show out J Tufele. Obviously it's a big game for him. Camp sample. If he plays inside some, I did ask Lou Anarumo, by the way, about the possibility of, of moving Hubbard inside some. He shut that down pretty quick. He said he, yeah. he really likes Sam where he is. So the, I don't the, expect to see that. They've never shown interest in moving Sam Hubbard inside, despite us speculating about it throughout I've the tried. years from time to time. I've tried. <laughs> and that just goes to show you, the coaches don't care what we think in the media. Uh, Andrew Billings, by the way, is a similar body type. If you're looking for what does Travis Bell look like, both of those guys around six feet tall at the combine, both of those guys around 310 pounds at the combine. Travis Bell, a little bit more athletic, like you mentioned. Not that Andrew Billings wasn't a good athlete. He certainly had some athleticism to his game. There, there was better agility testing for Travis Bell out of Kennesaw State and much better explosion, uh, better jumps. And so good strength, good burst, a little bit better agility there. There is like a, a long-term kind of developmental idea there. If the Bengals can harness that, that that is something you like about the seventh round pick, former seventh round pick waiver claim that the Bengals were awarded. We would have rather have been Tier Tart, honestly, because Tier Tart is just a good player. But, uh, you know, there's something there to be excited about potentially for, for a long-term developmental piece in Bell. And we'll see if he can be active or not. The other thing to, to highlight when the Steelers have the ball is just like last week, you have a quarterback who isn't very good, who you can 
hopefully bait into some turnovers. Not that he has necessarily the long track record of Nick Mullins as a turnover machine, because that is a long track record for Nick Mullins, and that played out on Saturday. But if you can take away the run game, if you can get it get out to a lead in this game, which they did not accomplish last week, force the Steelers to be dropped back passing in their offense. They, they had issues with Pat Fryermuth last time. Don't get me wrong, but it seems like a matchup they should want to live in. It seems like an opportunity for them to create turnovers. And that is something they've done well consistently this year. Even the last time they played the Steelers, when we were pretty critical of the defense for giving up all the yards they gave up, they did keep the Steelers out of the end zone for the most part and, and kept that to be a really low scoring game. And that, especially early, you don't want them to grab any momentum. You want to try to take the crowd out of it. This crowd is is going to be fired up. And the, the Steelers' backs are against the wall. And that's the other element to this. I know the Bengals, you could say they are too. I would say but, so. But, but they need to win to have any shot at the playoffs. And at the same time, you look at that, that AFC playoff race and you could say the same, uh, even though it's not mathematically true about the Bengals up next. Let's uh, talk a little bit about this offense, how it matches up with a beat up Steelers defense, but they are getting their top defensive tackle back. We will do that coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by DoorDash. DoorDash is where you need to go. Well, today, maybe game day over the weekend next week doesn't matter. It is cold outside. You do not want to go outside. You don't want to have to deal with that. I used DoorDash yesterday to get some city barbecue, and it was awesome. Had uh, some city barbecue. Their wings, by the way, they're known for their barbecue, but their wings are awesome as well. DoorDash them. Didn't have to leave the comfort of my own home. Had an awesome dinner, and that's the beauty of DoorDash is you can get whatever food you're craving during the game, after the game, mid-evening just because you're starving and you don't want to have to cook. You don't want to have to leave the house because it's cold. And right now you're going to get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. All you have to do is download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. That is subject to change in terms apply, but you can save up to 50% off up to a $10 value on your first DoorDash order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply, whether it's City Barbecue, City Bird, or your favorite restaurant. DoorDash has you covered. Again, use promo code LOCKED23. Going to be a big emphasis on the trenches in this game, James. We started there on the offensive side of the ball for the Steelers, and that is a, a running game matchup. Steelers, front six including Firemuth in that conversation. Maybe they go heavy in this game a couple times. That trench battle against the Bengals' defensive front, front seven without DJ Reader, Jordan Battle coming in to fill in the run game. Mike Hilton, can he continue his torrid stretch of play in the run game? On the other side of the ball, the only matchup that, that I'm really even remotely concerned about, and maybe this will come back to bite me in the butt, when the Bengals' offense has the ball is the Pittsburgh defensive front because their secondary is battered and more than suspect. The, the linebackers don't scare you. But TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, Keanu Benton, Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi, all guys that can make plays, that can change the game. And while the offensive line has been much better as of late, that needs to continue this week. It does. It does. It's a, it's a heck of a test. And when you paint the 
the path to the Steelers winning, talk about the run game for their offense, for their defense, it's pretty simple. That defensive front needs to wreck the game. And I'm sure they know that. They need TJ Watt to be dominant against Jonah Williams. They need Alex Highsmith to get the best of Orlando Brown Jr. And Cam Hayward coming back, he's out of protocol. It's really quick on a short week. Didn't leave the Colts game and and went in and out of protocol pretty quickly, um, which is you know good for him. Um, but Cam Hayward's obviously one of the, the top defensive tackles in the league. And so that's the trio. Along with Benton, you're right. They have another guy now that's emerging. But uh, th- that's who you have to stop. And this offensive line, they're playing well. But this is a, a big test. And they're all big tests. But these AFC North grinded out. I was, I was talking to a lineman uh, earlier this week, and it's like much different dealing with the AFC North versus the NFC West when they're playing in the trenches. He's like, man, it's just it's just different. It's it's harder. You're dealing with Miles Garrett. You're dealing with uh, other number one picks like Jadavian Clowney most times, or you have to deal with a guy in, in TJ Watt who obviously should have went much higher in the draft and is one of the best defenders in the league. So there's there's a lot of high end defenders um, in, in the division, but that's really the Steelers' strength mm-hmm. on defense. Outside of that, I like their the the wide receiver matchup even without Chase. I think the Bengals have the edge. I think the Bengals have the edge against these linebackers and against these safeties. So you just hold up in the trenches, and if you do that, this offense should be able to operate. It should be able to produce and and play better than the Steelers. Uh, Steelers offense certainly, and they have an edge at quarterback, which is weird to say, but Jake Browning is clearly better than Mason Rudolph. They've definitely been getting that level of play from Jake Browning. It is worth remembering, of course, not to to poo-poo that too much or anything, because I do think Browning is clearly playing better, but the Steelers made him look like a deer in headlights. I've said this phrase numerous times because that's really what it looked like in Jake Browning's first start. They've, of course, changed the offense a ton since then, and it was Jake Browning's first start, so how much can you hold it against him? But he does have to kind of conquer that issue against the Steelers this week. Now, when the Steelers are forced to move Patrick Peterson back to safety, like you guys talked about on the crossover yesterday, and you got Chandon Sullivan in the slot and and Levi Wallace out there to go with Joey Porter Jr., who's fine, even without Jamar Chase, with the way Jake Browning's been able to spread the ball around, using running backs, using screens, using his tight ends, all of the tight ends, except Irv Smith, I guess, but using all of the tight ends to some degree, I guess even Irv Smith has been involved enough for me to include him in the list. If they can continue that distribution, then they're fine. If they can continue to get Jake Browning into these ideas where he's comfortable, these full field progressions, not having to pick half of the field, not having to to do too much, letting Ted Karras continue to take the protection responsibilities, for example, getting decent pass protection although joe mixon did have a bit of a tough time last week this will not be as confusing a defense although i i also wonder if mike tomlin looks at that vikings game and and saw some of the opportunities that some of those blitzes and some of those looks created for the vikings and decided like yeah brian flores was here last year we can do some of that stuff and if they they implement some of those ideas that that would be interesting to me to see because it really did confuse the Bengals uh, in pass protection a couple times. And, and Joe Mixon in particular was uh, up and down in pass pro. But if they can protect, 
And, and Browning's also been good under pressure, by the way, but if they can protect it and Browning can be comfortable getting through the reads that he needs to get through, playing on time, and if they can run the ball, this is a big difference, and if they can run the ball, then they can stay where they want to be on offense. The last time the Bengals were really, really bad running the ball was also against the Steelers. Mm-hmm. This entire offensive line, this entire run game has been better since then. The trend for these teams has been nearly polar opposite. So despite the injuries for the Bengals, despite the DJ Reader injury, the Jamar Chase injury, despite not having Joe Burrow, they've got enough talent the way they've been playing lately, the way that they've been able to cobble things together, that they should be able to find these ways to play against the Steelers. But they need to show it, right? And, and that's what we're waiting to see because the Steelers had such a good go against this offense the last time these teams played. They do. They need to show it. They, the eight attempts for 16 yards, no attempts for Chase Brown. And I certainly expect way more out of this run game. In, in these running backs in general, like the screen game, all of those things, it goes hand in hand for me. Mm-hmm. It, it, like Chase Brown wasn't a great runner last last week by the number of standards, but he made some plays in the passing game. And you look at the running backs, the the overall average wasn't great, but they averaged by the, just running backs wise, the overall rushing um, average wasn't great because of Jake Browning's runs four attempts for zero yards, but it was over four yards a carry. And if you can just get that, mm-hmm. then I think that'll take the pressure off of Browning. It'll uh, open things up a bit and they can survive without chase, which I think is, is something that's much, much easier said than done. Hopefully, this is only a one-week thing, but not having Jamar is huge, as we know. And I, I think we could discuss a little bit more there. I, I will say this, just going back to last week, um, the Charlie Jones play, I asked uh, I asked Charlie about that, and I know he is kicking himself for slowing down. And he's he's wondering if, if how many more of those he'll get. Hopefully, he gets one on Saturday and can make up for it. Like like I said, when we last talked about this, he was on the field for four passing plays and was targeted on three of them. And uh, a lot of that was after that that deep ball. So it, it, we've talked about that play enough. Probably don't need to rehash it. If you're interested in the, in the details of that play, we talked about it in the film review episode earlier this week as well as far as the mechanics of Dagger and the alerts that Jake Browning is willing to throw. That being said, they, they will need T. Higgins to continue to play well. It'll be interesting to see who who they use, what rotation they use to replace the Jamar Chase snaps. They, they have been a little bit heavier in 12 personnel, putting two tight ends on the field. So maybe you see a little bit more of that, but there will be a rotation with Andre Yosevash and probably Trent Nerwin. Those are the top two guys that it has been getting some of those snaps in place of Jamar Chase and how they use those guys and, and how those guys play in Jamar's stead. It's an opportunity for them now, and I, I think that maybe you see some more work in 12 personnel this week. That's kind of my intuition, but at the same time, with the, with the weaknesses in the secondary for Pittsburgh, that, that makes it really tempting to keep Pittsburgh in, in nickel and run three wide receivers out there. So that is a chess game that the Bengals will have to sort through this week. And, and like you mentioned earlier, James, the playoff stakes for this game, massive. So you got AFC North, you got teams that hate each other, you got teams that both desperately need this game and, and doing it with injuries on both sides. So we'll finish up the show with some of that conversation coming up next. 
Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy the way it should be, and the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. All you have to do is one, not deal with the pros and sharks and thousands of other players like you do with other daily fantasy platforms. No, Prize Picks is fun, it's easy, and you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. You can win up to 25 times your money. And so maybe you think T Higgins is going to have more than his projection for receiving yards with Jamar chase out, or you think chase Brown is going to have more than his projection for number of rushing yards. Well, there's your two. You can use those two. Maybe you want to combine that with an NBA projection. You could do that. And that's the fun part is you can mix in sports if you want to, or you can stick with the NFL slate on Saturday. You can mix in Sunday the options are limitless. And right now with prize picks, you're going to get a first deposit match up to $100. All you have to do is go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for that first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. So the Bengals have to overcome not having Jamar Chase this week, James. I gave some of my ideas, some some of the things I thought they might do. What, what are your remaining thoughts on that topic? I, I think it's it's interesting because he does so much, like the way they move him around. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think you're right. I think there'll be some more, a little more 12 personnel potentially. I think Andre Yosevash will certainly get his fair share of snaps. I think we'll see Trent Irwin. I also think Charlie Jones will be in the mix. I, I think it, it takes a village to to make up for what you're getting from Chase. Yeah. And, and that includes, you know, T may may play the slot a little bit. Tyler may move outside a little bit more. But I, I think it's uh it's really gonna be uh, five receivers that we see throughout the game. Obviously T and, and Tyler will be out there the most. But it it feels like a Boyd game to me. Just does. You, you know, you go back to Heinz Field. He's been talking. Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. I what the picking stuff. Yeah, I whatever. I think the whole NFL sees that. I, I mean, lazy player, bad attitude, whatever you want to say. Um, of course, but you know, people are going to make it a thing. Did he have to say it? Yeah, I, I, I saw it. And I was like, oh, Tyler. <laughs> I, uh, at the same time, who is guarding Boyd? And I, I asked a play. I don't want to say who. I asked a player about Tomlin's defense, and he's like, look they can have their fifth safety in, but they're going to be sound in what Tomlin wants them to do. So they're not, these receivers are not sleeping on this group, even if it is Patrick Peterson moving to safety and making his first start there or uh, a fifth string safety getting his first start in the league or anything like that. So I I do think it's interesting, but yeah, I think to answer your question, I think it's going to be a bunch of, a bunch of different faces in, in different places to help make up for the loss of Jamar Chase. And we'll see how the screen game goes. Honestly, yeah. I think that's a big factor here. Something the Bengals have been great at. It's something you know the Steelers are preparing for, but can the Steelers adequately prepare for it the way they've been injured? I know that the people you talk to are saying, you know, you're, they're, they're expecting the Steelers' defense to still be disciplined and play Mike Tomlin's defense, but the Bengals have been really good in the screen game mm-hmm. uh, in, in multiple games in the recent past. So, that that's another weapon in the arsenal 
I do think that just to echo, you know, what we talked about in the film review episode this week and what you were saying about what you lose with Chase, a lot of the motion that they were doing, a lot of moving Chase around really did have a significant impact on defenses because they would tilt toward him in motion. They would try to get different coverages to account for him when he was the number three, the, the guy closest to the offensive line in trips when he, when he was the furthest inside slot receiver there. So the Bengals will have to probably adjust for that when, once they see how the Steelers are reacting to certain motions, to certain looks without Jamar Chase on the field. But they've been pretty good at, at adjusting this season, especially in the last few weeks. And so a team that they're very familiar with would expect them to feel like they've got a pretty solid plan in place this week after four weeks of Jake Browning, the second time playing a team this year. It's unfortunate that it's on the road. That will make things a little bit tougher, but they, they've also won on the road with Jake Browning. And so we'll see how they do it. It's going to be very interesting. Hopefully we're only talking about this for one week and Jamar Chase gets back soon. But I heard your prediction on the crossover, James. What'd you think? Well, you were you were way over the uh, expected points, right? You were twenty three to twenty. Is that mm-hmm. right? Still am. Yep. So so about five points over. But this is kind of where the over under was last week too, and and the Bengals and Vikings exceeded that. I would hope the Bengals defense doesn't let Pittsburgh get to twenty this week, but you could definitely see turnovers be a big factor yep. in this game. Yeah, and I think that's that's part of it. Short fields. I don't think Mason Rudolph is just going to go up and down the field at the same time. Didn't think Kenny Pickett was going to do that either, and then he yeah, four hundred plus yards, first time since the Stone Ages that the Steelers (laughs) were able to do that. So you never know with this defense, and and that's that's it. I think they have some weapons. I think they'll hit on a a few plays. I think it'll be close, but Evan Money Mac McPherson gets it done. Twenty three twenty. That would be a, a good Christmas present, I think, for all of Cincinnati and, and for Zach Taylor and the Bengals. It's nice that they don't have to play on Christmas Eve. It's nice that they get to be home on Christmas Eve. The, the one upside of, of the Saturday game, I think, is is that everybody gets to be home. That is a nice little... And an extra extra day before Kansas City, too. Which, Jamar heal. Important for Jamar. And, yeah, I mean, Cam taylor Britt, I think, on, on the right path. But not having to play Saturday next week gives gives the extra day there as well. They do have to play on New Year's Eve on the road. But should be should be a very interesting football game. There are crazy stakes in this one. Like I said, these teams very clearly dislike each other. And, and we're in that Mike Tomlin voodoo magic part of the part of the season. Mentioned that earlier this week, too. Like, Mike Tomlin loses this game. There's a real chance that they finally have a below 500 record with him at head coach. Yeah, and he's avoided that, and that's why I'm not taking this one lightly. I think it's going to be really close, and uh, we'll see, Jake. It's AFC North football. I, I do think this. I think the Bengals have the right mindset going into this game based on just the guys I've talked to. And they're going to need it because it's tough. It's tough to go there and win. And when, when you think of like Joe Burrows, we're the big dogs yelling on the sideline, that clip that went viral. Mm-hmm. Like that happened in Pittsburgh. Like that's it's a tough, tough place to go, tough place to play. The Bengals have been really good there recently. And so we'll see if they can do it again. And you know they're plenty motivated. And there's that belief 
that maybe didn't quite exist yet when the Bengals played the Steelers the first time in a round and they were coming to grips with the reality of not having Joe Burrow the rest of the year. Now they're winning games and, and beating a pretty good defense with a pretty good offensive performance down the stretch last week so that that confidence should be high, maybe reaching Jake Browning's levels across the team. We'll see how it shakes out. We'll have you covered after the game, and then there will be a little bit of a, a break in there for the holiday, but we'll be right back at it after Christmas as well. But the Bengals playing on Saturday means we'll have you covered on Saturday after the game to get you through the holiday weekend. Until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one.